chapter seventeen of paul clifford by edward bulwer lytton this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter seventeen that contrast of the hardened and mature the calm brow brooding o'er the project dark with the clear loving heart and spirit pure of youth i love yet hating love to mark h fletcher on the forenoon of the day after the ball the carriage of william brandon packed and prepared was at the door of his abode at bath meanwhile the lawyer was closeted with his brother my dear joseph said the barrister i do not leave you without being fully sensible of your kindness evinced to me both in coming hither contrary to your habits and accompanying me everywhere despite of your tastes mention it not my dear william said the kind-hearted squire for your delightful society is to me the most agreeable and that's what i can say of very few people like you for for my own part i generally find the cleverest men the most unpleasant in the world and i think lawyers in particular very different indeed from your tribe you are perfectly intolerable i have now said brandon who with his usual nervous quickness of action was walking with rapid strides to and fro the apartment and scarcely noted his brother's compliment i have now another favour to request of you consider this house and these servants yours for the next month or two at least don't interrupt me it is no compliment i speak for our family benefit and then seating himself next to his brother's arm-chair for a fit of the gout made the squire a close prisoner brandon unfolded to his brother his cherished scheme of marrying lucy to lord malevolor notwithstanding the constancy of the earl's attentions to the heiress the honest squire had never dreamed of their palpable object and he was overpowered with surprise when he heard the lawyer's expectations but my dear brother he began so great a match for my lucy the lord lieutenant of the cunt and what of that cried brandon proudly and interrupting his brother is not the race of brandon which has matched its science with royalty far nobler than that of the upstart stock of malevolor what is there presumptuous in the hope that the descendant of the earls of suffolk should regild a faded name with some of the precious dust of the quondam silversmiths of london besides he continued after a pause lucy will be rich very rich and before two years my rank may possibly be of the same order as malevolor's the squire stared and brandon not giving him time to answer resumed it is needless to detail the conversation suffice it to say that the artful barrister did not leave his brother till he had gained his point till joseph brandon had promised to remain at bath in possession of the house and establishment of his brother to throw no impediment on the suit of malevolor to cultivate society as before and above all not to alarm lucy 
who evidently did not yet favour malevra exclusively by hinting to her the hopes and expectations of her uncle and father brandon now taking leave of his brother mounted to the drawing-room in search of lucy he found her leaning over the gilt cage of one of her feathered favourites and speaking to the little inmate in that pretty and playful language in which all thoughts innocent yet fond should be clothed so beautiful did lucy seem as she was thus engaged in her girlish and caressing employment and so utterly unlike one meet to be the instrument of ambitious designs and the sacrifice of worldly calculations that brandon paused suddenly smitten at heart as he beheld her he was not however slow in recovering himself he approached happy he said the man of the world for whom caresses and words like these are reserved lucy turned it is ill she said pointing to the bird which sat with its feathers stiff and erect mute and heedless even of that voice which was as musical as its own poor prisoner said brandon even gilt cages and sweet tones cannot compensate to thee for the loss of the air and the wild woods but said lucy anxiously it is not confinement which makes it ill if you think so i will release it instantly how long have you had it asked brandon for three years said lucy and is it your chief favourite yes it does not sing so prettily as the other but it is far more sensible and so affectionate can you release it then asked brandon smiling would it not be better to see it die in your custody than to let it live and to see it no more oh no no said lucy eagerly when i love any one anything i wish that it to be happy not me as she said this she took the bird from the cage and bearing it to the open window kissed it and held it on her hand in the air the poor bird turned a languid and sickly eye around it as if the sight of the crowded houses and busy streets presented nothing familiar or inviting and it was not till lucy with a tender courage shook it gently from her that it availed itself of the proffered liberty it flew first to an opposite balcony and then recovering from a short and as it were surprised pause took a brief circuit above the houses and after disappearing for a few minutes flew back circled the window and re-entering settled once more on the fair form of its mistress and nestled into her bosom lucy covered it with kisses you see it would not leave me said she who can said the uncle warmly charmed for the moment from every thought but that of kindness for the young and soft creature before him who can he repeated with a sigh but an old and withered ascetic like myself i must leave you indeed see my carriage is at the door will my beautiful niece among the gaieties that surround her condescend now and then to remember the crab lawyer and assure him by a line of her happiness and health though i rarely write any notes but those upon cases you at least may be sure of an answer and tell me lucy if there be in all this city one so foolish as to think that these idle gems 
useful only as a vent for my pride in you can add a single charm to a beauty above all ornament so saying brandon produced a leathern case and touching a spring the imperial flash of diamonds which would have made glad many a patrician heart broke dazzlingly on lucy's eyes no thanks lucy said brandon in answer to his niece's disclaiming and shrinking gratitude i do honour to myself not you and now bless you my dear girl farewell should any occasion present itself in which you require an immediate adviser at once kind and wise i beseech you my dearest lucy as a parting request to have no scruples in consulting lord malevolor besides his friendship for me he is much interested in you and you may consult him with the more safety and assurance because and the lawyer smiled he is perhaps the only man in the world whom my lucy could not make in love with her his gallantry may appear adulation but it is never akin to love promise me that you will not hesitate in this lucy gave the promise readily and brandon continued in a careless tone i hear that you danced last night with a young gentleman whom no one knew and whose companions bore a very strange appearance in a place like bath society is too mixed not to render the greatest caution in forming acquaintances absolutely necessary you must pardon me my dearest niece if i remark that a young lady owes it not only to herself but to her relations to observe the most rigid circumspection of conduct this is a wicked world and the peach-like bloom of character is easily rubbed away in these points malevra can be of great use to you his knowledge of character his penetration into men and his tact in manners are unerring pray be guided by him whomsoever he warns you against you may be sure is unworthy of your acquaintance god bless you you will write to me often and frankly dear lucy tell me all that happens to you all that interests nay all that displeases brandon then who had seemingly disregarded the blushes with which during his speech lucy's cheeks had been spread folded his niece in his arms and hurried as if to hide his feelings into his carriage when the horses had turned the street he directed the postilions to stop at lord malevolor's now said he to himself if i can get this clever coxcomb to second my schemes and play according to my game and not according to his own vanity i shall have a knight of the garter for my nephew-in-law meanwhile lucy all in tears for she loved her uncle greatly ran down to the squire to show him brandon's magnificent present ah said the squire with a sigh few men were born with more good generous and great qualities pity only that his chief desire was to get on in the world for my part i think no motive makes greater and more cold-hearted rogues than my brother william End of chapter seventeen